0: Everybody say functioning. How many know that Christ's body is to be a functioning body? Amen. It's, it's a horrible thing to be paralyzed. I know a couple of people that are paralyzed. One of the ladies we have in our church is a car wreck, paralyzed from the neck down. She's finally got some movement and, and some God has been touching her. But it's a horrible thing to have a body that's paralyzed. Your mind is working, but you can't do what you what you were intended to do you can't go out and play catch you can't throw frisbee you can't dance you can't skate you can't you can't lift your hands and worship there's a lot of things that don't happen when the body is paralyzed and so I, I want to say first of all that when I see the body functioning I'm talking about you individually taking up the initiative to act out your faith acting on your faith and acting out of your faith acting on your faith is like Abraham went out looking for a city whose builder and maker was God because God told him to leave. And so he didn't know where he was going. So he's acting on his faith. Peter got out of the boat acting on his faith. Amen. We lay hands on the sick acting on our faith. Amen. But acting out of our faith is that faith that is pleasing to God. Faith without is what? Just turn around and tell somebody, if you don't have some faith working some works in you, you may want to come really and ask God to really help you get unlocked. Can I have that? Yeah. Bird, you just tell, tell somebody, you can do that. Just turn around and tell somebody, we need to pray for, uh, for God to unlock us. Can you just pray for that? Seriously now, I'm not, this is not a religious thing. I'm not trying to, I'm, this is ministry. People think I do this to fill things in. I don't do things to fill things in. We don't do fillers here. We do ministry here. The church has gathered to ministry, not to be entertained. If it's going to be an entertainment center, we'd have a big screen, turn all the lights, give you popcorn and pop and uh, show a cartoon before the movie and a bunch of commercials. But this is not a show. This is ministry to the body. The body of Christ is to be functioning. The Holy Spirit dwells in each of us that are believers, and the Holy Spirit did not come to dwell in us so he could go sleep and stay asleep until Jesus comes. He went about, Acts 10 38, Jesus went about doing. After he was filled with the Holy Spirit, he went about. uh, healing all that were oppressed, doing good work. He went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Everybody just say fixing, ministering. How, how do he do that? He lay. He lay hands on people. He spoke to people. He spoke to people. Be healed. He laid hands on people. He said, "The Lazarus, come forth." There's a lot of ministry that goes on through the body of Christ when the body of Christ is. Letting the Holy Spirit flow through them. How many of the scripture talks about it? I'm not going to go there, but I want to set this up. The Holy Spirit talks about having streams in the desert. Those streams are you and me. We are the ones that are filled with the Holy Spirit. It's in us as a fountain flowing. It's springing up. Why does it spring up? Why does a fountain spring up? Why did God make fountains spring up? The water. The water. So the water would do what? It would come out. It would do what? It'd bring life. Okay. What else does it do? It brings life. It refreshes. It cleanses. Amen. The Spirit of God dwells in us to do something through us and in us. He does something in us so he can do something through us. He does something in us so he can do something with us. He can't do anything with us if he's not doing anything in us. Jesus said this. He said, the Father within me, he does the works. He said, I myself can do nothing. By myself, in my fleshly state, I can do nothing that is really supernatural, or not supernatural, divine. I can't do anything of God unless the power of God, God, His presence, is actually dwelling in me and prompting me, provoking me to love and good works. Philippians 2, it's God that works in us both to will and to do, of His good pleasure. Amen? Uh, let me pick on somebody over here. Rodney. He works on us. No, let me not pick on you. Let me pick on your wife. I picked on you so many times. You look like you've got pimples. <laughs> <laughs> but, Kelly, he, he works uh, he wills in us. His will. How many of you say that kingdom come by? Will. How many of you prayed that prayer? How many times have you prayed it? How many times do you pray it and really mean it? How do you know that that can't happen without your cooperation? Right. Well, it could if God would slam you down, knock you down, and force you. But he, it says he works in us to will and to what? And then what? He doesn't just want to will. Oh, I want to do something for Jesus. Oh, I just want to minister for Jesus. Oh, God, just help me be a a light. Help me shine the darkness. Help me be salt in the earth. Oh, Lord, just let me be a blessing. But how many of you know if you don't let the Holy Spirit move out of you and if you don't move out of your comfort zone, out of your boat, that the ministry that God wants to do through you can't happen unless you are willing and obedient to what he's asking you to do. Now, Brother Greg, I think, is t- uh, Greg Trimby has been teaching on Wednesday, started teaching on Wednesday night about re- being transformed or changed by the renewing of our minds. And I'll tell you what, there's nothing worse than seeing a whole bunch of boats. Lynn and I went to, uh, uh, where was that, years ago up in Michigan, we went someplace, Chateau? No, no, wasn't we went someplace, Charlevoix. Charlevoix, it was a, I'd never been there before, we went up there, it was a beautiful place, we decided, hey, we'll stop. It's just a small town, but there were yachts, huge yachts. Setting all up and down the, the cove. And I went, God in heaven, where do these things come from? They're millions of dollars. You've seen it. I mean, it's gorgeous, isn't it? And they said, oh, these are the little ones. The big ones are over in Chicago. I said, well, what are these here for? He said, these are the people that are in Chicago that when they finally want to get away. They said, some of them set for years and they never use them. Oh, Lord Jesus, that was the Holy Ghost word. Some of them set for years and nobody uses them. It's got to be an act of our will, church, <laughs> to give in to his will. And then we'll see his marvelous works. Glory to God. Why did somebody give me this thing for? Oh, that was yours. <laughs> you got to keep me on track, you know what I mean? You got to keep me on track. Okay, this was the word of the Lord. I, was, I said, just hold on to it, and if it comes later, we'll use it. If not, you know, she won't be offended. But this is really pretty cool because what we're talking about is actually that's how I've got this segue. Into, oh, this goes with that. This is that. Here's a word from the Lord. Do not be afraid to move. <laughs> to get out of your comfort zone. For it is there. Everybody say, out of my comfort zone. Everybody say, if it's out of my comfort zone, it's not comfortable. So how do you know if you're in a comfort zone? You're comfortable. How do, you know if you're, how, do, how do you know if you're moving out of your comfort zone? You'll be uncomfortable. Until you move out of uncomfortableness, you will never move into his miraculous possibilities through your life. You, if, you're not, if you're not uncomfortable doing something that's outside of your natural, the supernatural has probably never happened. Religious can, religion can happen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo, it's good. Anyway, do not be afraid to move to get out of your comfort zone. God's saying this. Do you understand when you get a word from the Lord what it means? That God is speaking. Now, if you believe that, how many of you know you ought to hear Brother Ron and I talk about this. Brother Ron was talking about it. He's going to probably minister on it later. But anyway, it's God speaking. He says, he says don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to do what? To move. Well, what if it's not God? Well, you thought it was God. I mean, it's not talking about doing something stupid. Well, I felt moved on to shoot you, Pastor. I mean, I just, we know that's not God. You know the word a little bit. And if you're new here, you might just say, hey, would God ask me to shoot the pastor? Someone said, no, that's not God. You need to test the word, but you know what I'm saying. Okay, do not be afraid to move, to get out of your comfort zone, for it is there that I will bless you. If you want to be blessed in the church instead of just resting in the church, you got to move. When you let me, I will bless you the most. I will bless you the most. Now, we're already blessed with spiritual blessings in Christ. Jesus, we know we have those blessings. But the blessings of, how many of you know blessings of living? Just getting saved, born again, waiting until you die. That's a boring Christian life. Oh, well, I know I'm saved. Praise the Lord. I'm going to Jesus. I'm going to heaven. You know, that's crazy. So anyway, it goes on. I will bless you the most. When you let me, let me. We just talked about that, didn't we? When you let me have all of you. Maybe that's the key. Mind, soul, and body. When you let me have all of you, well, wouldn't God just take all of me? No. He's looking for willing sacrifices. When you you let me have all of you, your finances, your hopes, your dreams, your longings, your fears, I will give you freedom. Freedom comes from doing what? Letting go and letting God. I will give you more than you ask or imagine. Ephesians 3.20. I am your Lord Yahweh. How many of you Yahweh is the name of, uh, it's the, it's the, name of the God of Israel? Y-H-W-H. Actually, we put an A and an E in there so we could pronounce it. I, excuse me, I am your Lord Yahweh only. Now, I think it's important the way this is written. I am your Lord Yahweh. The devil knows that God is Yahweh. He knows that. That don't save you. Knowing that God is God does not save you. It's when you, I am your Lord, Yahweh. Lord means master. I am your Lord, Yahweh, whom you obey. You trust and obey. Only when you let go and lean into me. I I, I going to talk about it. I'm not even going to ask us to do anything other than just meditate on that. And ask yourself: Are you ready to go this route? Just you don't have to hold your hands up. Tell me, but the question is: Is are you really ready to live an exciting Christian life? It starts when you get out of the boat, because right. everything else they were familiar with. Okay, once you go out, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils. I'm not familiar with that. I'm comfortable. You want to go talk to people about Jesus? You mean go lay hands on the sick and say, the "Lord, heal you." Well, what if it doesn't work? Well, what if it does? Yeah, what if it does? Praise God. Well, anyway, so I, I want to encourage this because we're going to be talking about communion. And it really ties in with this whole thought, ties in with something else. And we're talking about pressing into Jesus. Last week, we talked about drawing near to God. And one of the scriptures that came to my mind even this morning when I was praying and thinking about uh, this morning again, it came to me uh, as it did last week that, you know, the scripture we said last week says, draw near unto God and he'll draw near unto you. And so forth and so on. And there's other places that we're to draw near to God. Hebrews tells us we're supposed to draw near to God in full assurance, having faith, and so forth and so on. Uh, But when Jesus was speaking at the Lord's Supper, he uh, mentioned that somebody was going to betray him. He says, not all of you. He said, not all of you. He said, but one of you is going to betray me. And so Peter, (laughs) I love Peter. He's bold, but sometimes he's not bold. Have you ever noticed that? He says, uh, hey, Peter. Or he says, hey, John, you know, why don't you ask him who he means? Which maybe Peter thought it was him, which is he must have known something was up because not too long and too much later, he was going to deny him, wasn't he? Three times, which is really, you know, I, I don't know what was going through Peter's mind and heart, but you think about it. Why would Peter ask that question if he didn't think that it possibly could be him? I heard T.D. Jake's preach on this one time. He said, every one of us have got enough of us inside of us to Maybe we'd say, "Hey, John, ask him if it's me." Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to stand with you till you know what I'm saying. But so there's always that side of us that needs to be exposed as not near as powerful and strong as and loyal as we think it is, because it's Christness, the hope of glory. glory. Amen. Paul said, "There's no good thing in me. That's in my flesh, in me, my fleshly me. There's no good thing in me. There's nothing worth redeeming in me. It's my soul that he came to save, right? And then he uses us. He remembers that we're dust. So, anyway, I'd like for you to go to John chapter four, and we're gonna. Uh, I'm gonna try to end up with communion today. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm gonna try to actually be follow something that the Lord. I feel like that I got <laughs> some order here." And uh, it's been on my heart for a while, and I do think it has to do even with what we're talking about here. Uh, we're going to be taking communion this morning. Communion is a very serious time. Now, I don't mean serious to where it, it means think about what you're doing. Think about what it means. You know what I'm saying? It's like uh, we, I went with an evangelist here years ago, Brother uh, Yorgi. He's, Yorgi he was our first transfer when Ron and I went to Romania. Our first uh, translator, He's a, he lives in the United States. but Well, actually, he lives now in Romania, and they do a powerful, powerful work. And we thank God in heaven we've been able to be a part of a, a vehicle of training that we had here that he took and ran with it. And it's one of the most powerful ministries to the Ukraine and through Russia and through, uh, through Romania and, and all those states over there in Eastern Europe. But... Uh, went with me while he was here in that training. We went to put him in a hotel down here. They wanted us closed down right there in Pershing. So we walk in there and I'm just going to make sure that we get the credit card out and make sure we have a room for him and take care of him and so forth and so on. Pick you up tomorrow. Take, bring you back to class. And so we're standing there and while she's doing business getting, okay, what was your name? What's, blah, blah, blah. She's doing all that stuff. And uh, he says, uh, he speaks real broken English. And I think it was around christmas time yeah it was he says so you you are very happy for christmas She she's oh yeah yeah he said really uh, why are you so happy for christmas she said, "Well, I am happy for Christmas because I just love all the tinsel with the lights and the tree and the cookies and baking and the oh, it's really nice." Said, "Oh, yeah, yeah, you like giving gifts? Yeah, I like getting gifts. That's wonderful." He said, "Oh, so, he said, "I'm from another country. I don't understand. I come from Ukraine and Russia." I was CIA. he was he was actually a Russian KGB member. He said, oh, "Russia KGB we were uh, we were atheists. We know we don't believe in God." He said, why you why do you I celebrate Christmas. Why do you like this? He said, well, I, I don't know. Santa Claus and all the stuff and the reindeers and the, just the whole thing. He said, so this is what Christmas is about, is flying reindeers and fat gentlemen that go around giving presents to people <laughs> at the speed of light? This is very strange. He says, what about you, Do this other holiday you have, strange holiday, Easter. We never did that in our country. Easter, what is Easter to you? She said, oh, it's bunny. You know, she goes through the Easter traditions that they do here. He said, oh, this is very strange. Rabbits laying eggs. (laughs) Very strange. Very strange. It's extremely strange. He says, and this is what you know about Christmas and Easter? She said, yes. Now, she's 40s, in her 40s. He said, how long you live in America? She said, all my life. Where do you come from? She's right here. live right here. In the he said, really? She said, yeah. He said, can I tell you from a a country that does not believe in God what your holidays are really all about? Yes. He preaches Jesus to her To Christmas. God gave his only begotten son. This is what it's supposed to be. And Easter. And he died for you. And so on. And so on. Did you hear, Have you heard this story before? She said, well, I've heard heard stories about Jesus on the radio. And so he says, do you know this Jesus talks to her about heaven and hell? No, she's never had it. He says, Would you like to pray right now? She prayed right there. I'm saying she's less than a mile away from us. She's lived in America all her life in her 40s, and she's never had the gospel presented to her and asked anybody to be saved. Has somebody asked her to be saved? But wow, that is really strange. So I, I want to come and talk about this because. Christianity in America and around the way and of course in a lot of times in the, in the epistles you get into there and they had broken away from Christianity and broken away from the real meaning of the gospel and so forth and so on. And I'm not going to talk a lot about that but it kind of will speak of what we're doing here. How many of you know that many, many Christian people and even non-Christians sitting in church take communion? But they have no idea what it means. Now, some of the Christians might say, oh, yeah, it was Jesus. He died on the cross. We'll remember his body was broken for us. His blood was shed. This was the cross and all that stuff. Yeah, okay. And so, mindlessly, they just, not everybody. But I would assume that there's probably more than a few that just take it. How many agree with me? Not everybody, but a few. And probably more than a few. Especially in America where 85% of the people said that they're Christian. (laughs) But, our, well, anyway, don't go there. But anyway, okay. John chapter 4, <clears throat> verse 23. John chapter 4, verse 23. Holy Spirit, help us today. Uh, yeah, really, help us today, Lord, uh, because you're the one that builds the church. You said, upon my, this rock, I'm going to build my church, and the, and the gates of hell, those are authorities. Spiritual powers and authority will not prevail against the church're we're, we're going to live until Jesus comes the church is going to be the church is going to be vibrant and it's not going to overcome well, darkness is not going to overcome the light we're still going to win in the end okay John chapter four and I want you to go to verse 23 now this is where Jesus talked to a Samaritan woman she's half Jewish and she's been they've come out of Babylonian and so forth and so, forth. so so her family's kind of mixed they're not pure Jews she's got other things going on and So forth and so on. She's living in, in kind of a. She's definitely living in an immoral situation. She's been married five times, and the man he says, and the man you're living with now is not your husband. He wasn't condemning her. He was just wanting to show her that I'm coming to you, knowing all the problems you've got. (laughs) I'm not hiding myself from you, which extremely was not against the Jewish religion, because she said, "What are you doing talking to me? You're a Jewish man, and what are you doing? You know, you usually don't have anything to do with us." That's a lot of the Christian people today. Don't have anything to do with sinners. Well, you were a sinner before you were a Christian, so get over it. <laughs> we need to, Jesus came to save sinners to seek and save that which is lost. And so, John chapter four, the verse, the point is: you see, she comes out to get water, and he says, "If you'd ask, you know, water, I give it to you." And so on and so on. So anyway, this is where this is at. And so he says, uh, she starts; they start talking about worship, and he's talking about places of worship. You know, well, I'm the Catholic Church, Lutheran Church, Pentecostal Church, Baptist Church, Christian Church. She says, well. You know the Jews and the and these people, the Samaritans. Uh, the Jews said they worship, you know, in one place, and the and they her clan all said they worship in another place. It's kind of like you know we go to Mecca or whatever. So anyway, he says you worship. Verse twenty two. You worship what you don't know. You worship what you don't know. How many know that worship is about someone, and it is about something. A what doesn't? It's not a who, is it? A what is not a who? So he says you you worship what you don't know. And he says then, he says, but we know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. We know what we worship. We worship a a, a God, the the one and only God, and and we worship uh, the kingdom of God and worship the Lord God and so on and so on. So in verse 23, but the hour is coming and now is. It is coming and it is now. So it's here and it's coming. When the true worshipers, everybody say true worshipers, will worship who the father the creator god almighty the only one in spirit and truth why because the father is seeking such to worship him god is a spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and true and then he tells her that he is the messiah basically he tells her i'm the i'm the one everybody's waiting for to come and save the world i'm him so go with me now to acts chapter 13 1 because here He's talking about true worship and I, I really want to do that and, and how many of the true worship? Well, we'll get into this. Never mind. I'll go to that later. Let's go to Acts chapter uh, 13, if you would. And verse one, have you got that up there already? or okay, I didn't know what it was up there yet. Acts 13 chapter one, or chapter 13, verse one. Acts chapter 13 verse one. Thank you, Lord. Now in the church that was at Antioch, he's talking about the body of Christ, the believers that was there. There wasn't a brick building there that said, had a big cross on it and said the Resurrection Life Church, but the church is the people, the ecclesia, Brother Mike taught on it, the, the called out ones, called out of darkness, called into light, called out of sin, called into salvation, so forth and so on. Now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers. And there's only five of them, you look at it, Barnabas, Simeon, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, which actually the word is where we get the word that nobody wants to hear. If you look up the proper pronunciation, it's actually real close to that word. That's why black people, actually Niger was a man from Africa. So it says, Lucius of Cyrene, it just simply means black man, that's what it means. But people have turned it into a derogatory meeting, and, it's, and we shouldn't use it today, but that's where it came from. You had to understand, people weren't sitting down there and said, what are we going to call these people with black skin? Well, don't we call them this? It came out of the Bible. It shows you how much Bible was in the country, but how much, uh, how much of the Bible was not in the people. Who confessed they knew the Bible. They don't know what you worship. <laughs> you know. Uh, they have a form of godliness, but they deny the power. of What's the power of godliness for To change you and make you like God, thinking like God. And He came to save who? God so loved the that so that what? Whosoever. We gotta get that down, church. God's only got one church. It's not black, it's not white, it's not yellow, it's not mixed, it's just his people. And he created every one of us, and then he created the black man, the yellow man, the brown man, the other men, the tall women, he just said, it is good. Thank you, Roger. You were here last week and you remembered. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. PowerPoint. You got to get that. Let me tell you why you got to get that. Because there's the devil. The devil lives in some of the church. Or people that call themselves the church, they confess Christ. But they act and think like the devil. They confess to be light, but they think like the darkness. They act like the darkness. They, they respond like the dark. And the reason is, is because you've been indoctrinated by the darkness, either in your home or your society. You weren't born that way. None of you were born prejudiced. None of you were born racial. I've never seen a six year old that was one color hit another one of another color because they weren't like them. I've never seen one of them say, you can't play in my playground when they're two years old because you're of another color, unless they've been taught to do that. Yeah. You have to be taught to hate. Yeah. Be prideful. Thank you, Jesus. I love still. I feel the Lord just put my man on and says it's going to be say, okay, son. There's always somebody possibly could be out there wanting to throw a rock at you. That's the reason why we clear them out. We don't have a lot of rocks. There. Asphalt driveway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not dumb. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Acts thirteen okay, and in the church there were uh, that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, and I'd say Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, and Manaen, who had been brought up with the Herod with Herod the Tetrarch. so this has come out of the government man I mean there's some powerful people have been converted, and Saul, which is paul of uh, Paul apostle Paul, and they what Verse 2, and they, they ministered, who? To the Lord, and did what? And fasted, and what happened? The Holy, Bur- the Holy Spirit spoke. The Holy Ghost spoke. Now separate me, Paul and Saul, for the work to which I have called. I, I, what I really think about this is God uses his own church to separate his people. There's an order in the house of God that God even honors. Yes. Let everything be done in what? Decency and an order. The Holy Spirit has set up a structure even in the church that he even honors. He did it with Peter. Cornelius need to get saved and angel comes to him and he says, send to Peter. Why? Because it says uh, that God has to send a preacher. There's, a, there's an order. There's an authority. There's a, I don't know why God does it that way, but how many of you think that he has orders in heaven? The principalities and powers, they have order. The prince of Persia. Amen? So they're, they're, they're talking about authority levels and so on. We have to get this stuff when you read your Bible. Oh, yeah, I've read that. Have you really thought about what you read? Yeah. Is it really changing and transforming the way you think, the way you act, the way you respond? Uh, you know, are we receiving those things that God sends our way as in, in the position or in the power or in the... Well, what Paul says, when I come to you, I'm going to come to you in power and demonstration. Yeah. Uh, 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 power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost. I, Paul, an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not of the will of man, not by the will of the flesh, but by the will of God. The will of God made Paul an apostle. Nobody can vote you into apostleship. The Holy Spirit has to somehow. And this is what's happening here. Paul says, okay, God." now they've been serving the Lord for a long time. Paul Barnum has been out preaching, teaching. They've had people converted. But they're called back to the church at, Jerush- or, uh, at Antioch. And these apostles come together. And while they're ministering to the Lord. The Holy Ghost speaks to these prophets and teachers, amen, and says, I want you to separate these two for the work that I've chosen them for them. And then they're sent from there. And God has a powerful movement. But there was a sending that comes from the Holy Spirit. And what I want to I focus on this somewhat, it was as they ministered to the Lord that these things happened. Ministering to the Lord that these things happened. Watchman Nee has a, had a book out. Brother Mike gave it to me. It's a small book. It's a great book. And it taught, it's called ministry to the house or Ministry to the Lord." And he goes through that and talks about this and so on and so on. He talks about ministering to the Lord. The ministering to the Lord is in our private time, not just our public time. right? The church wasn't gathered together there, just a few men says there were certain apostles and prophets and so on and so on. And they were there and so they were worshiping the Lord. They were ministering to the Lord. This was their daily practice. Say, so how do you know that, Pastor? Well, because if we look in Acts chapter uh, 3, we find out that Peter and, uh, Peter and John, they were on their way to do what? They were on their way to the house of the Lord to do what? They were on their house to pray. Ministering to the Lord starts with prayer. When God says, when you seek me with all your heart, you'll find me. What, prayer is not just a checklist. Okay, God, here's the things I need you to do for me right here. Prayer is, part of that is praise and worship and adoration. It says we are enter into his gates with what? Thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. And then we are enter into his courts with what? Praise. praise. But then we go beyond the veil. Hallelujah. Where the Holy Spirit came and just would come down and, and literally come down. They, they said that actually, now this is Jewish tradition, but they, it's been written for thousands of years. You can go back and check it out. That the tabernacle of, uh, that was in the wilderness in the tents, they were all made with tents. Uh, it was a big tent. You can go back and study all that. But the point was is that when they say when the presence of God came down inside that temple, when the presence of the Lord was there, this is what's really cool, that the tent actually breathed. <sighs> That's a type of God saying, I'm going to come and live in you. You are my tabernacle. You are my tent. I want to live and move in you. But there's also those sacrifices that were being offered. Well, you say, well, Jesus made all the sacrifices. Yes, he did. But the scripture talks about us being a pleasing sacrifice unto the Lord. Well, I, what are you talking about? I can't die for my own sins. No, Jesus did that. But you can live your life as a living sacrifice as worship to the Lord. It's worshiping the Lord. The word worship actually comes from t- from word that means to wor- has it means worthship. What do you do with a ship? You send it, <laughs> and worth means you put value on it. So you're putting value on him who sins. How shall they hear unless they have a preacher? And how faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And how shall they hear unless they have a preacher? And how shall they have a preacher unless they be sent? God chooses. Listen, this is really weird. This is, you don't understand how valuable the church is and how God really has consecrated you and separated you for a special calling because angels aren't even allowed to preach the word. An angel came in Acts chapter 10 and told Cornelius, you need to go down and ask for this man named Peter and he will tell you words whereby you must be saved. An, angel's not even, an angel is not even given the permission or the assignment to proclaim. Why? Because they don't have the testimony. You and I have the testimony that it was through the cross that God showed his love for me. And I'm here because of what he did for me. And I've got hope beyond this world because of what he did for me. I love him so. If it had not been for Jesus, I would have been bound in death, hell, in the grave. And never been set free from that. I would have perished. But because God loved me so, he sent his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in the sent one, the sent one, be careful how you receive men and women of God that are sent to minister to the house of God. That whosoever believed in him, they would not perish but have what? Life, everlasting life. Hallelujah, there's a lot in there, I could preach on that but I don't want to. Okay, so let's go. What is ministry to the Lord and why is it true worship? What is ministry to the Lord? Why is it true worship? Well, I already talked about prayer. I think in Hebrews we can see this. It says that as they minister to the Lord, we say, well, what was ministry to the Lord? And I'm going to get to that at the very end, just before we take communion. Because I, I, I think I see something there that really is revealing uh, as to worship. Because I don't necessarily agree. I, I understand what Mr. Knee is talking about. But I think that if you're not careful, people will disregard part of True worship, thinking, well, my job is to minister to the Lord, and I've heard people say, "Oh, I just minister to Jesus. I just minister to Jesus." Well, what good is a dead weight? Paul, I mean James, fixes or it it, says, "Without faith, is it possible to please God?" Uh, Or excuse me, that's in uh, the other scripture I'm thinking about. Is uh, he says, "Faith without works is dead." Excuse me, faith without works is dead, being alone. What's he saying? It can't multiply, right? Being alone. Have to have a man and a woman to produce right now until they mess around with G, DNA or whatever they're doing. But you know what I'm saying? Or, or you, have to have, you have to have flowers that have seed to reproduce. And so you have to have a seed to reproduce that comes from the male side. And you've got to have an egg that comes from the female side. You've got to have the two to make a new human being and then Jesus has to, God has to come whoo, and put the seed of his word in our heart so we can be born again our spirit man becomes born again our flesh man's already been born but we become born again through faith in Christ hearing the word and the word brings something alive in me and i cry out have a father god's my father is a new recognition daddy daddy so anyway We'll get to that in just a second show you some other things that I I believe is true. But I don't necessarily believe that it it should be taken as little. And I've had people shove that book in my face. Well, you just need to minister to the Lord. I believe that. And I do believe that ministry inside here, worship, that many people just go through a song. I've seen people. I said, you don't understand sometimes what I do. I sit in the back and watch the congregation. You'd be surprised how many people never raise their hands. You'd be surprised at how many people that I watch their lips that never sing a song the whole time through. My question is, why did you come? Why come to get something from God? Well, how about changing this a little bit and giving something to God? Wouldn't that be wonderful? It was as they ministered to the Lord that the Holy Spirit moved. Well, I just don't understand why God don't move in that church. Well, are you moving? Is God able to move in you? You're the church. Is he moving you to lift up your hands? Is he moving you to step out and do a little twirl? Well, that's embarrassing. Well, he's got to get outside your comfort zone if you're going to find the exciting life. And I'm not talking about being crazy either. I'm talking about being obedient to what? Your spirit, man, cries out, Abba, Father. And my little boy, he didn't care who was around. If President Obama or President uh, Trump or some foreign potentate was in my house when I came home at night, and my little two-year-old seen me, how many of you know he didn't care if he even had anything on but his diaper? He ran, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. Thank God when they're 24, they stop doing that. But when they're two, they... you look at rusty said thank god i wouldn't have been here very long so (laughs) rusty used to be rusty used to grab my cheeks when i was he was a little i got a picture of him i'm laying on my i was probably 21 maybe 22 he was just a baby uh 21 and and he's laying on my chest i never. any dads ever do that you lay on your chest and you fall asleep and and the baby falls asleep and so he's got a hold of my he would take a hold of my ears or he would take a hold of my face i'm sorry it's not supposed to do that we're gonna get a camera that moves because I can't do this. So anyway, said, <laughs> "Well, so we watched that, but we never saw you, Pastor. Where are you at?" I was over there, and I was over here, and I was back there, and over here, and you know. So anyway, uh, anyway, he would take my face, and he couldn't kiss you, but he tried to, and he would be so filled with affection, he'd just go, and he'd put his mouth all over my forehead, and just, you know, That could have been his appetite working. I don't know because it's kind of geared up some it's geared up since then I don't let him do that now it's dangerous so (laughs) but no you see the point was he was not his affection was not fettered you know what fettered means bound up It, it, it wasn't we are bound up because we are thinking more of the creation than the creator When we say, what will people think of me? You've made people your God, and that's called idolatry, and God's not pleased with that. What's he going to do? He's going to do something to try to break that down. He He may send a preacher or a prophet to prophesy, and all of a sudden you hear the word of God. Well, that's a little, ooh, ooh, that kind of hurt. Well, you know what? God didn't, how many of you know you haven't seen very many idols with fuzzies on them? They don't put fuzz on them. The golden idols, the old idols. What I'm saying is that God loves us, but he's not going to tolerate idolatry. Because he's looking for what? True worshipers. True worshipers say, he is my God. We could all, hey, the economy, there's 22,000 something now. I heard of the Dow Jones and thank God for it and all the money's been made. But if that thing fell tomorrow, if North Korea set a, a nuclear missile over here or they did something that just wiped out of our checking accounts, they're hacking everything. If they took everything away, would you still be able to worship the Lord? Will you still be able to minister to God? Well, I can't minister to God. I was saying this the other day. Andrew Womack was talking about. It. He said we talk about uh, some glad morning when this life is over, I'll fly away. Hey, we talk about walking on the celestial shore and on those golden streets. He said, and then the doctor says, where are you going to die? You get six months. Ah! We're holding on to this life. We've not really, we're not living for the next life. We're living for this life. We're like the Laodicean church. I just want a good life. That's why he's not me in the church. If it stops working for me, I'll stop worshiping. Just talking. Say forgive him. He's just, his mouth runs off like that all the time. You see what I'm saying? Is your joy in what God's given you materially, or is your joy in him who gives all good things? See what I'm saying? And and, and so you have to look at spirit. He's blessed us with all spiritual blessings in where? Heavenly places. Heavenly places? Well, what good's doing that doing me here now? Well, what you should be doing is what good can I do now to lay up treasures in heaven? That's my point. And, and it's not religious, it's relational. I came home the other day and Jonathan was out working, it was really hot. We've been trying to, we've got a deck that we built 30, 30 years ago. Was it 30? The first year we came in the ministry, so it was 30 or 31 years ago, and we were able to build. Lynn and I built this deck on the back, and uh, Rusty comes and said, How long, Dad, did you build this deck? And I said, 31 years. He said, Man, the average is seven to 10 years. I said, Well, God, they walked around in the wilderness for 40 years with the same shoes. Some of you women have a real problem with that. <laughs> <laughs> My wife just said, "Shondi, <laughs> I rebuke you. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but anyway, the Lord. I think the Lord's got a lot of ways of blessing us. He's got a lot of things. I just talked to a pastor the other day. He said, did you see that car out there? He yeah. He said, that's a 1994 or 84. And he told me what it was. He said, I got over 400,000 miles on that car. He said, it don't look good, but God provided it for me. And it, I don't ever have to worry about it. It takes me everywhere I want to go. He said, I've learned to be contented with what I've got. Amen. Amen. It doesn't mean that he wouldn't love to have another one or a new one. But he's not going to. You see what I'm saying? The balance is, is I'm not saying, and he has another good car. His wife has a good car. She refuses to drive in that one. But But anyway, the point is, is what do we worship? He said, you don't know what you worship. And and, that's pretty cool because God doesn't condemn her. He just clarifies some things for her. Let me... Open your understanding here. You don't know what you worship. What are you talking about? I've been going to church for 30 years. So anyway, let's go on down. Talking about ministry to the Lord. Well, it says that while they while they were ministering to the Lord, and then it says they prayed and they fasted. So we, want to, we come back to prayer. Prayer, I, I don't think a Christian can be a Christian without a prayer life. Even if you can't talk, you can pray in your mind. And that's true. And I don't think you, we should practice silent praying all the time. I think you're supposed to pray out loud we're supposed to praise out loud we're supposed that's why god gave his hands to clap with right he gave his feet to dance with i mean timbrels uh, uh, miriam and all those women they when they come across the red sea when they realized everybody say with this with me when they realized what had been done for them and who it is they were following they got happy See, because he was going to lead them through the wilderness. He was going to take them into the promised land. Now, how many of you know that going through the promised land, there was some journeying that had to take on? Yeah. Amen. I don't want to get off on that, but I was preaching another sermon. But the point is, ministering to the Lord does mean worshiping the Lord. Well, I say, well dancing's not right. I say, well, you got to take half of your Bible out to make that work in your, in your tradition. Yeah. David danced before the Lord to the place that his wife said, well, you're the king. You embarrass me. He said, well, I'm going to do even worse this to, than, than tomorrow. You think that was bad? Wait till you see me tomorrow. He was not going to be—he was not going to be. Uh, what's the word I'm looking? In, inhibited. inhibited. Yeah, he—he he wasn't going to be intimidated because he realized who it was that made him king. Number one, he realized number two who it was that was going to bless him and prosper him. And I mean, hey, if you don't know where your blessings are coming from, it will steal your joy a little bit because we forget who's in charge. So anyway, as they ministered to the Lord, I, 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 and I'm going to get down to this because I think there were some other things that they did. But anyway, true worship. Let's go to Matthew chapter 25. How do, what, is, what is true worship, and how do we do it? What is true worship, and how do we do it? Let's go to Matthew. I go to this scripture a lot, but it's the words of Jesus. Oh, I get tired of hearing the red. I just get tired of hearing the red. Why don't the preacher preach the Bible to us? Well, how about Jesus, the Word of God speaking to us, and we have His words in red. Okay, I tell you, people get so religious, they get cranky or hypocritical or self-right. I understand. I've heard it a thousand times. Another pastor told me uh, just the other day that I was with and uh, uh, he's not a pastor now but he, he used to be a pastor and so he, he was talking to me he said one time the pastor, the church asked me he said, when are you going to stop preaching on that topic he said well I'll tell you what he said when we can start loving one another maybe we'll go on to the less important stuff <laughs> did you hear what I said Why? Because love is the greatest of all the commandments. In Corinthians, he said, if you don't have love, I don't care what you're doing out there. You can be raising everybody in the. You went out here and cleaned out Greenwood Cemetery and Fairlawn Cemetery and Graceland Cemetery. We raised all the dead, cleaned all the nursing homes out, cleaned all the hospitals up, bills all the hospitals out. Man, we prayed and we moved all the hypocrites out. But he said, if you don't have love, it profits you nothing. It doesn't mean a, a thing. To God, because they're going to say, Lord, Lord, haven't we? He's going, yeah, but you did the wrong. It wasn't that you did wrong things, but you did it for the wrong reasons. Okay? Now look with me in Matthew chapter 25. And go down to verse 37, I believe it is. 25:37. Okay. The righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? If you look up here in verse 33, he will say to the sheep on the right hand, uh, but the goats on on the left. And then the king will say to those on his right hand, verse 34, come you what blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom that's prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And then he goes on and tells them. And so he says, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? When did we see you thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you, a stranger, and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king, I love it, that's capital K. And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, assuredly, I say to you, I say to you, Inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. You did it to me. So this is where I kind of have, I tell you, got to be real careful there, uh, ministry to the house or ministry to the Lord. Because Jesus says that the body is the Lord. He said, if you did it, why? Because he lives in it. And the scripture says that we are his house. If so, be that we continue in the faith and so on. So we are the house of the Lord. God's not looking for the biggest megachurch in town. Joel Osteen got a wonderful, great, big, huge church, 60,000 or 40,000 people come to it on Sunday morning. But that brick building, that 36 or 100 acres or whatever it is, I've been to some really big churches. T.D. Jakes are wonderful. They got great. But that building has nothing to do with the kingdom of God. Everything that's in the kingdom of God that matters to God is inside of it. Say, how do you know that, Pastor? Because he said, "Look at the Jerusalem." They come out and said, "Man, oh!" One of the disciples said, "Look, Lord, look at all the beautiful." They were looking the temple, the the temple that had built there, and he says, "Not one rock is going to stand on uh, on top of the other." Why? Because God is not looking for kingdoms that man can build. He's looking for a kingdom of God. That that was an old that once he said that was a it was a way of tradition. It was a way to learn about God, but he's not going to try to save those buildings. What's sacred to God is what's in the building and what's coming out of the building. Amen. How do you know that? Because if you get in the book of Revelations, he talks about a river coming out from the throne of God. And that's where the lordship is. He's king of kings and lord of lords. And out of that throne comes a river. That river, he said, it shall be in you. John chapter 4. It shall be in you a river of living water. It will be a fountain springing up. The river is in us. The river is in us. The throne has to do with his kingship over us, his lordship over us. It's the fact, he said, I can make this water that comes out of my throne come out of you and be streams in the, in the desert. I want you to go into the dry places, the dead places. I want you to call the Lazaruses out of the grave. I want you to, minister. Lynn and I, yesterday, it's this powerful thing. I want to talk about this. Uh, and I, I, This is amazing. Well, maybe I shouldn't say this. Well, we had something awesome happen yesterday morning. I had plans. And it's amazing what God does. And I'm not going to tell you what this, other than the fact that we ministered to a young man yesterday that came walking by our house. And Lynn and I were out later than normal, sitting. I was sitting outside. She said, Why don't you come on the back porch? It's right. I was supposed to go have a breakfast with one of the guys here in the church. And I just felt like, no, I'm going to do that. Let's do it at noon. Let's have lunch. See if we can do lunch. I I don't want to do that at 7 o'clock in the morning. It'll mess my day up. (laughs) No, I mean that. If I don't hear from God in the morning, it's hard for me to get back on track. So I'm not trying to be uh, funny about that. My time with the Lord is special. Now, I don't say that being cocky or arrogant. I just know what I'm like if I don't have my time with Jesus. (laughs) If I don't tap in and get my orders from the day, and if I don't tap in to ask the Father how I'm doing, So, well, you're not saved by works. No, but I'm saved to do works. I'm saved to let him do his works through me. And so i got to be, and so I want to spend time with him fellowshipping and worshiping and and getting filled with the Holy Ghost, staying staying filled with the Holy Ghost. I don't fill my tank up once a week. How many of you don't do that? The thing comes along and goes, beep, 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 engine low, engine low, engine low, oil, 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 gas, gas, gas. Water's overheated. Oh, that's, that's when I take my car. Don't ever buy a used car like that. All, almost all the parts are wore out of it. Take care of it. That's what God's telling us to do. So anyway, this person come by. We wouldn't have been there he, somewhere else, had misdirected him, said, here's where that place is, go down that way. He was walking, he walked by our house, says, you're on a total different side of the highway, you're on that, you need to go on that side, we've looked it up, and we couldn't find it, we were looking for our GPS and couldn't find it, and I was getting aggravated because we couldn't find it, so I get up and he goes, no service, no service. How many of you know that God sometimes causes things like that to happen, so you'll be in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing? Oh, you think God wouldn't do it? Well, tell me what, the devil doesn't let this happen. The devil does not let this happen. Because what happened is, is I went in to get the phone book. I said, I'm going to find out where that place is. I go in to get the phone book. I come back out, and Lynn says, wait a minute. I I said, oh, I think I could. And he says, he's giving his testimony. So he gives us this testimony. And I won't tell you what the testimony was because it's amazing. I'll tell you after I've told the parents. So anyway, he tells us this testimony. And I'm telling you. It was like the devil had taken him into the pits of hell, and he had just started to believe in God. He, had, he wasn't believing in Jesus. He started to believe that there was a God, there was a heaven, there was a hell. And he said, I've been trying to figure all this out. And he stopped by. We were able to talk with him. We were able to minister to him. We were able to show him how to be saved. We were able to pray with him. Yeah. Amen. Had I went at breakfast at 7 o'clock, had I went to the back porch where I normally go instead of the front porch, had Lynn not come out and said, I mean, it was just all these things happened. he was going, oh, my gosh. Oh, my Lance, he said, yeah, I'm trying to get my head wrapped around this. If I hadn't come down here, if I hadn't have done this, if I have come five minutes earlier or five minutes later, if you'd have been in the back and not been on the front, and how in the world, if that guy hadn't given me the wrong directions, I, oh, oh, man. I said, that shows you that the Father loves you, dude, and he is guiding your step. You have the plans of man, but God directs your path because there's something more important for you today than to do what you're doing. Yeah. The most important thing is happening right here. Yeah. And uh, we'll have to tell you the rest of that testimony later. But anyway, as they ministered to the Lord, they were praying, they were fasting, they were ministering. Matthew chapter 25, again, we just, you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to me. You did it to me. So I'm saying, no, we minister to the Lord, but you also have to realize that there is the ministry to the Lord of worship, and we're going to do, we've done that, and it does say we have to do it with a sincere heart. Uh, in Hebrews, it tells us that we're to come boldly before his throne, and it says later, with a sincere heart. Uh, a sincere heart. In other words, are you real, do you really love me? Do, are you really worship me, or is this just mouth? Is it just mouth service? Is it just lip service? Excuse me. He, he's asking us to come know with a life. Amen. It's not lip service. It's life life service. Here I am, Lord, change me. Here I am, Lord, make me. And and, and part of this comes, Janice, from the Lord having to give us a revelation of who He is. Amen. Jesus says to Peter, "Who do men say that am?" Well, some say you're the prophet. Some say you're this. Some say that. He said, "Who do you say that I am?" He goes. Oh, it's Christ, the son of the living God. You're the one we've been waiting on. Oh, my God. Thomas, unless I stick my hands in his side, stick my finger in the holes of his hand, I won't believe. I can't believe he's up and walking around. I watched him die. I watched him put him in the grave. Jesus says, here's my side. Stick in your hand. And he falls on his face and says, Oh, my Lord and my God. When he realized who Jesus was, when he realized that God loved him enough to become a man and to die on the cross in his place and then be raised up again so that he could be our living Savior, Amen. risen again to the newness of life and granting us, and lo, I'm going to be with you always to the end of the earth. And it, it, I mean, it just blew his mind away. When we, and so we have to ask God, Lord, give me a revelation. Amen. Give me a revelation. A revelation that draws me near to God when I realize what's been done for me. When I realize the love that he's shown, the sacrifice that he's made, the covenant that he's made with me. When I realize the the plans that he has for me, he's called me into partnership with him. Not just as a servant, but as a son. As a child of God. A member of his household. I'm not out mowing the grass on Sunday while the family's in eating sunny dinner. I'm called to come and partake because I am part of the family. Now, a lot of Christians get fire insurance and saved. I don't want to go to hell except Jesus coming into my heart, knocking on the door, that's it. And it's just fire insurance. Where's your policy? I don't know. It's in my glove compartment somewhere. No, we, we, it's not just enough to have a policy. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's to follow the plan. The purpose of God. Hallelujah. Is anybody getting anything out of this? Yes. All right. Praise the Lord. Now go with me. Let's go to uh, and we're going to do this real quick and then I'm going to stop. Romans 12 1. I'm going to go read some scriptures and, uh, and 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 trust to the Holy Spirit will we'll do in you what he needs to do in you and do in me what he needs to do in order to glorify his name. And he will. Amen. All we have to do is say, yes, Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. And I surrender my will to you. Okay. Verse 12, or chapter 12, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren. Why we get, uh, Yeah, I'm going to read this on New King James. Start to say just put another version up there, but I'll, I'll read it because that's what I've got today. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. How many of you know that you've received mercy? You've received mercy. You've received mercy. That you present, what? Your bodies, a what? Living sacrifice, what? Holy And acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world. Don't act like them. Don't think like them. Don't be motivated by the same things that motivate them. Don't fall in love with the same things they fall in love with. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Understand that you've been born again of another spirit that comes from heaven. And you're one of the new species that God has on the earth. Now we're called the sons of God children of God, by the renewing of your mind that you might prove, that you might prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You and I have to prove what is the good and acceptable. That's the reason why we tell everybody, said, listen, God gave you grace, but he didn't give you permission to go out and live in sin because we are supposed to be proving the good and the acceptable and the perfect will of God. What is the perfect and acceptable and reasonable will of God, that we submit ourselves to him and become living sacrifices. It's no Paul said it in Galatians chapter 2, it's no longer me that lives, it's Christ that lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Who gave himself for me. It's not me. It's, it's, I've surrendered me in baptism. This is what this is for. Baptism says, I know that I was born in sin, shaped in iniquity, and I'm going to die. as Every man's appointed to die once and in the judgment. And so I know that I was dead in my sins and in my trespasses. But when Jesus came, he rose me up again in newness of life through the Holy Spirit. And by his mercies and by his power and by his grace, he's raised me to a new kind of life because I'm a new kind of species in the earth. I was a sinner. If I wanted to, I could sin. But the Holy Ghost is greater in me than He is in this world. So most of the time, He wins and I don't sin. And if I do sin, he convinces me that was wrong, and I confess my sins, and God is faithful and just to forgive me of my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness because he said he would. And so the blood is there not to be counted as some common thing, and I'm supposed to tread it under my feet. Oh, well, Jesus will cover that. The blood will cover that. Praise the Lord. So you're re-sacrificing Jesus over and over and over again when you you trample under him. Trample him underfoot, his blood. Okay, let's go on. Verse 3. For I say through the grace that's given to me to everyone who is among you, do not think himself more highly than he ought to think, but think soberly as God has dealt, God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Did you know you couldn't even get saved if God didn't grant you grace or faith? <laughs> if he hadn't sent you a preacher and you heard the word and it caused faith to come in your heart, you couldn't be saved. For as we have many members in one body. Everybody say many members in one body. But all the members do not have the same, what's the word? Function. Remember what we started out with? Every member of the body of Christ has a spiritual and practical function. Or a function in the the spirit. We're supposed to be functioning in the spirit. Amen? And it doesn't just mean signs and gifts and wonders. Functioning in the Spirit said, If you love me, keep my commandments. Love one another the way I've loved you. Okay? It goes a whole lot farther than just functioning in the gifts of the Spirit. It's functioning out of the love of the Father. That's the fruit of the Spirit. If you got all fruit and no, uh, uh, what's the word I just say? Uh, If you got all fruit and no gifts, you're powerless in some ways to do some things that God wants. And if you got all gifts and no fruit, you're just a fruitcake. Okay? For as we as we have many members in one body, but all the members, all the members do not have the same function. Turn around and tell them saying, say, Let me be me, and I'll let you be you. I'm not supposed to be doing what you're doing. You and I, you and I may have the same passion, and we may do that because we're functioning that way, but he's going to be different than I'm going to be. And we got to let people be who God created them to be. Stop forcing people into your mold. Come on. What is that? That's loving one another. I don't try to force my kids into a mold that they're not. I don't try to make painters out of football players or football players into into, uh, ballet people. Wouldn't Rusty look funny in a tutu? He's just bad. Okay. (laughs) So we being many are one body where? In Christ and individually members of what? One another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace of God or to the power of God. That is given to us, do what? Let us, use them. let us use them. Did you know that God can give you a gift and you can keep from using it? Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. We went we'll clear back to the very. A functioning body is a body that, that, has, that is functioning out of the gifts that they have to do what? To minister to the other members in the body of Christ, number one. And then number two, to let God use you to go out into the world, to, to affect the world, and be salt and be light in the world. Because he wants to save people. He does it through A, a silent witness is, is useless to the Lord. How shall they hear lest they have a preacher? They do have to hear about the gospel. They can see love in you and say, what's the matter of hope that you have? I mean, they can see the light shining in you. Can you get me, Lynn, am I getting out of your picture? It, 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 you know, they can you, can, you can be light in the world. Just loving, kind, and they can come to you and say something like, you know, you're just different than other people I've been around. And I've even had people say, you're different than other Christians that I've met. And I went, and said, do you mean that in a good way or a bad way? Yeah. First thing, I want to know, is that a good is that a good report or a bad report? And, and so the point is, you, but if you don't share with them the love of God, if you don't speak to them, how many of you know that if you have a word of encouragement and don't give it, the person's not encouraged? Or if he is or she is, it's not through you. That does also... I, I, you need to go into Proverbs and just every, I've been doing this in my Bible, mark every place that there's a good thing about you do with your mouth and your tongue and your lips and then put a frowning face by the ones that's bad. And you'd be surprised how much is in there in Proverbs about this little deal right here. Okay. Of course, we have many members in one by being many, verse 5, and individually members of one another have gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. Let us use them. If prophecy, and he goes on about prophecy, then use it. Prophecy simply means to speak under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost to edify, to encourage. It doesn't mean everybody's supposed to stand up and go, Oh, let's say the Lord! If you say that, you better make sure that that really was God because you're going to stand and give an account of every word that's come out of your mouth. There's too much prophecy going on today that has nothing to do with the Holy Ghost. There does need to be some fear and trembling in it. I don't think we, you know, we do some things with one class that we do. We talk about playing. We get to play together. I don't believe you play with the gifts of the Spirit. I don't believe that. I, I, you take them too lightly. They're not things that you don't play with a shotgun. Right. Am I? So what I'm saying is, is that we need to function with them for the purpose which they were given, and that is to edify the saints. Ephesians chapter 4, I won't go there. We're supposed to edify the body of Christ with those gifts. So anyway, uh, where was I at? Verse what? 5, 6? Where did I go? Was, yeah, verse 6, okay. Okay, and then or ministry. Ministry simply means to. And ministering uh, simply means to serve. Serve. And ministry can, can mean, he says, those that are called into the ministry. And he really separates that from the ministry of the body to the ministry of apostles, prophets, pastors, pastors, and, and teachers. And that there's a different order in that ministry there. If you don't believe me, don't let every man be a teacher. Scripture says, let there not be very many teachers. Why? Because you've got to be called to be there, appointed to be there, and assigned to be there. It's a heavy thing to even be a teacher if God did anoint you and appoint you and assign you. It scares me. Because I, I am praying that everything that comes out of my mouth is Holy Ghost. Well, I don't pray about it. I just know what God is. Man, I don't know. You might be set headed for a huge fall. I don't know. I, I'm just not there yet. I, I always say, Lord, check me. <laughs> check me here. Is this God? Is this not God? Is what you have me say? Is the way you have you say it? There's a time to speak and there's a time not to speak, even in the spirit. Don't cast your pearls before swine. I don't even know what that means, but you're not supposed to do it. Okay, <laughs> let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches, teaching, and he goes, so he talks about the gift, exhorting and so forth. And that look at verse 9. Let love, love, love is supposed to be leading all that. Love is supposed to be promoting. It's kind of like the, uh, you know, you do Fourth of July rockets and you light the thing. It's the gunpowder inside that sends it up and you see, oh, isn't that wonderful? It's love that motivates us. Love be without hypocrisy. Don't be a hypocrite. Abhor what's evil and cling to what's good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor giving preface to one another. What, what, and he says, not lagging, like diligent, fervent spirit serving the Lord. We minister to the Lord when we serve the Lord. Amen. We minister to the Lord when we serve the Lord. How do you know that? Because when the, uh, when the woman with the alabaster box broke the box, and she was washing his feet. She was simply worshiping him. She was giving thanks. She was gratitude. And and she was ministering to the Lord. So we minister to the Lord by serving his body. I'm going to jump to this real quick so I don't get too far beyond me. Uh, Yeah, I'll I'll read this last. Go with me to John 13, verse 12. I'm not going to give you all these scriptures. Because actually, and what I started to say in the very beginning, and I didn't get it said. Well, I did say it, I guess. But I, I, I want people to understand how much it blesses me to see people functioning in the Holy Ghost without a church program having to be instituted. Well, those people are in the hospital, and if the church had a program, we should go over and feed them. Well, maybe the program's in the Holy Ghost, and that's in you. You need a flash drive. You don't need a program to be Jesus to people. You don't need a church organized plan to be loving and kind and merciful and thoughtful and caring and helpful. I've had people, do you know so and so's grass hadn't been made for four weeks? Really? How'd you know that? Well, I've been by there for three weeks and we won't grass. Well, you lazy sucker. You got a lawmaker, do you have a lawnmower? Do you have a lawnmower? You've had time to drive by there four times. Why not just stop and mow it? Well, it might take you four weeks to get it done, but at least you've got a little bit of time. You see what I'm saying? People, they take their brain and throw it away and then put all the blame back on the church because the church shouldn't making us do what The church ought to be doing this. The church ought to be doing that. You are the church, so what you're doing is indicting yourself. You are indicting yourself. <laughs> no wonder people don't like me. All right. Yeah. You love me. I know you do. And this is just trying to wake us up. uh, To to be used of the Lord so we can be happy and blessed. Okay, John chapter 13, verse 12. uh, If we can. And and if the ushers have come, let's get this. I want to let you out on time. John Luke chapter or John chapter 13, excuse me. John chapter uh, 13, verse 12. For when he had washed their feet. Now this is we're getting ready to do this. They were at the Passover, the Lord's Supper. How many know Jesus was the Lamb of God? He was going to be sacrificed, but he's going to show them what ministering is about. So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments, and sat down again, in other words, he took himself, robed himself with a towel, and then he sat down and he washed every one of their feet. Uh, Let me see who, Steve. I've got to pick out new faces. Steve. He picked every one of their feet. Or excuse me, he, picked, he washed every one of their feet. Even Judas. Even Judas, Sharon. He knew that Judas was going to turn him in for money. And scripture even tells us that Judas stole money from the offering plate. And Jesus had to know it because he knows everything. But he washed his feet knowing that he was his enemy. Keep that down a, few, a little bit if you, if you can. If you can, just a little bit, pain. I want you to play it, but I just don't want it to be real loud. So anyway, the point is, is he took his garment, wrapped it around his waist, and he began to wash it. And when he got done, he got up from there, and he says this. I've given you an example. I've given you an example. If I, who you call my master, your master, which I am, am serving you, think about this. Then you, what's it say? 16, most assuredly I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. Think about this. You guys have been sent. I've been sent. We have been sent ones. It's not just the 12 apostles that were sent into the world. We are sent. Every person that's born again is sent back into the world to be salt, to be light, and to minister to people. Because Christ, who is the light, like Christ, who is the salt, is in you and is in me. And we are his body. So it's Christ in me, the hope of glory. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's Christ in us, loving the world through us as we yield our members to him. As we go about the Father's business with whatever gifting God's placed in you, to be that. If you're a cupcake cooker, then cup, then bake Cupcakes and and take them to people. If you're a person that loves to go clean houses for people, go clean houses for people that need it. You don't have to be a prophet, an apostle, a pastor, teacher. How many of you know it doesn't to stand and prophesy to somebody when they are in need of food or water? Or they don't have clothing, and that's what Jesus was saying. I was naked, you didn't clothe me. There's some practical things that you gotta do that are highly spiritual. They're so spiritual they can keep you out of heaven if you don't do them. Because you were created for good works, Ephesians tells us. We're his workmanship, and what are we created for? Good works. If you know these things, he says, nor is he who is sent greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you of what? Blessed are you what? If you know these things, blessed are you of what? If you do them. If you know them, do them. If you know them and you do them, guess what? You're blessed. How do I know that? Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the peacemakers. He's talking about you have to be a doer to be blessed in the doing. You're blessed to do, so go out and do and be blessed. Hallelujah. You said isn't God happy with me coming to church? Nope, but that's all you do. He's not happy with you at all. He's not happy because I just show up here. Is he? John, 4, John tells us in the Gospels there, uh, he says, Herein is my Father glorified that you bear forth much fruit. That's how he's glorified, but, well, how do I bear fruit? I have to be doing something. Now, it's not me doing it, it's Christ doing it in me, but I have to let him do it. And it's because of what he's doing in me and through me that God bears that fruit through me and then turns around and gives me a reward for letting him do what he wants to do. Is that pretty powerful? Praise the Lord. All right. Come on up, if you would, gentlemen. Ladies, I don't know, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, praise the Lord. John 13, 12 through seven. and you can go ahead and pass this out, and we'll pray over it just before we take it. And if you keep your eyes on me as much as you can, your ears open, I would appreciate it because I do believe God wants us to, to get this. So it, it, did I go down through 17? Yes, I, yeah, I did do that. Okay, in Acts chapter 13, 1, again, it says, it says, as they minister to the Lord. Here's what I was going to say to you. I think that they were doing the same thing, the same thing there, some of the same things there that Jesus was doing. When he was worshiping the Lord, what did he do? He went into the mountains to pray. He fasted. He ministered to people. He showed love. He showed kindness. He showed mercy. But in the church, what did he do? On this night, he washed one another's feet. Now, we're not going to wash feet today. Somebody say, thank God I didn't wash mine last night. That's okay. Uh, but, but, but foot washing it, it, it is just symbolic Of a humble heart. Because foot washing was the place of the lowest servant in the entire household. You were the least on the totem pole. And so God who was the greatest became a man and become the least to give us an example of how we should look at ourselves. How we should look at others. It's not saying I don't have any self worth. It means that I'm putting that aside to love on you because your needs are greater than my needs. That's a real transformation of thought. That's a renewing of the mind. And so Jesus tells them, I've given you an example, and he says, you should do this also to one another. I believe that when they were ministering to one another, very possible, very possible, that as they're praying and as they're worshiping and as they're offering up, they're doing what? They're offering up their life as a living sacrifice, and that's what we do when we wash one another's feet, when we're serving one another. I know you're tired. I know you've been walking all day. You see what I'm saying? That's what they're doing, practical ministry. They're ministering to others. They're blessing one another. Let me refresh you. This is what should happen in the church. Thank you, sir. This is what should happen in the church. Coming in, and I almost, I almost said today, but I didn't know how to do it. I was just going to like take out ten or fifteen minutes and let you minister to one another. But I thought, well, people would just be standing around waiting for me to do the next part of the program. When we leave here, ministry doesn't cease. As a matter of fact, all this is is just to put in some more gas and some more oil, oil to get you going on down the road to continue ministry. Outside the church, I've been praying, God, you've got to help us knock the walls down. Take the roof off. We actually had two visions, two dreams that came to people years ago that that's exactly what they saw. They saw us here, and it was actually Bethlehem Bible Church then. We were a powerful revival, and the walls fell down. I was telling people, don't just get blessed. You're blessed to be a blessing. God, will lift this thing for a second once you make it into all about you. If you think God just comes into the house just to make you shake and quake. or It's wonderful to feel the presence of God. But that's not why he lets you feel his presence. He wants to fill you up with his presence. Send you out with his presence so that his presence can minister through you to those that are around you. on your workplace. In the school. In your neighborhood. In your family. It should be practiced first of all in our family serving one another. Amen. Amen? Because then it's sincere because nobody sees it. Hallelujah. So. Hallelujah. I believe they were washing one of his feet. I believe they were praying. I believe they were worshiping and thanking God for what he had done for them. And I believe they were praying for lost people to be saved. I believe they were praying, Lord, what would you have us to do? Here we are, Lord. We're living sacrifices. What just, just speak to us, Lord. Fill us up with the Holy Spirit. Let us be filled. Let us know the will of God. We just want to be about your business, Father. And the Holy Ghost spoke and said, okay, separate me, Paul and Barnabas, for the work that I've chosen. Amen. Let's take this if we can. He took the bread, he broke it the night that he was betrayed. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Everybody look around and say, this is the body of Christ. A little part of it. How many of you know the part? Two and a half billion Christians in the world, they say. I don't know how many of them are really born again, but two and a half billion. The body of Christ is everywhere. It's not just here, but these are the people God's called us to serve until we have opportunity to serve others. We can serve others as we have opportunity. We do this wonderful job. People send, besides their tithes and their offerings, you give to missions and we tithe off of, the, uh, off of the tithes that come into the house and we send that to the missionaries that are winning people all over the world. You don't have any idea what kind of a blessing is coming back to you on the day, uh, on the day that we are, receive our rewards. You said, this is my body which is broken for you. And I want you to start thinking about being broken for others. Will you let yourself be moved out of your comfort zone and experience comfort that discomfort?" that comes when it's not convenient or whatever, and just be loved to people. Will you do that? He said, that's what this is about. Remember this. Remember, when you take this, remember my death till I come. Remember me. I died for you. I died for you because I love you. I died for you voluntarily. Let's take the bread and say, thank you, Lord, for the bread. Help us, dear God, to be broken for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let Jesus work through the body. Thank you, Lord. Let us be broken in prayer and intercession for other people. Let us weep with those that weep. Rejoice with those that rejoice. And then he took the, the blood of the cup. He said, this is the cup of, of my new covenant, cup of the covenant. This is his blood. He said, this is my blood. I want you to drink of that and remember this, that by the shedding of blood, there is remission of sin. Thank God that he's removed our sin. Let's thank God and take the blood Thank, Thank you, Lord for the life that's in the blood of Jesus, the eternal life. Turn with me, Hebrews 6.10, and I'm going to let you go. We'll let you come up here and be ministered to, however you feel ministered to. Say, well, this is a little different. Well, if you need ministry, you can have ministry here. If you need somebody to covenant with you about some spiritual need, if you have physical needs, if you need a miracle in your life, you need a prayer, a a job, or whatever, whatever it is, get somebody to pray. This is supposed to be a house of prayer, and let's do that. Hebrews chapter ten. Or chapter 6, excuse me. And I'd like to read verse 10. God is not unjust. Why do we do it? Well, number one, because we've been instructed to. It's an imperative command that we're supposed to, uh, that we can minister to the Lord. But also, when we minister to the Lord by ministering to his body out of love, what do we do? He says, God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown towards his name, in that you have ministered to the saints. And verse 11, uh, can I see eleven? And do what? And do minister. You have, you have uh, we desire, oh, excuse me, I, that was the one I was looking for right there. And do minister. Thank God. Father, we thank you and praise you today that you're the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and you're our God too. Thank God that you're our God. Thank God that we know the only living God, the living Savior. We bless you and praise you and thank you. Now, I know, Lord, that what I've given today, I've just given a word. I'll say these are instructions that are given. But the empowerment comes from you. And if we're born again of the Spirit, we'll be doers of the Word and not hearers only. Be prompted to do your will. Lord, help us to get rid of fear and step out in, out of our comfort zones. And, and, and really, God, do some things that are just exciting and that are pleasing to you as we love one another and as we minister to people around us. Help us to be like sitting on the porch at the right time when that gentleman can come by and just help us. How many know sometimes God will send people to you? He can send you to people and send people to you. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for your spirit. We thank you, Lord, that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us because it's Christ and it's the hope of glory. God bless you. God keep you. God cause his face to shine upon you. God strengthen you by the power of his might in the inner man. May God, may God provoke you to love and good works through the power of the Holy Spirit and through the edification of the saints. In Jesus' name, be about the Father's business and be blessed. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah, you can go ahead and just send us out with a good song. Send us out with a good song. Amen, just send us out with a good song. How many of you say, Lord, here am I? Here am I, Lord. I'm yours. Hallelujah. Let it start today. I mean, just keep your ears open all day long. Sometimes just a little little prompting. Do the right thing. Stop here. Go there. Say this to that person. The other day I walked into a restaurant down here where all of our motorcycle friends for the weekend were. There's four guys sitting right there. They're all looking at me. We walked in. Well, I just felt the love of God come over and said, we're going to we walk around with Jesus. My grandson says, Papa. I said, What? He pointed at the motorcycles. He threw all the stuff. I said, It's okay. I said, We got Jesus with us. And he said, Yeah, that's right. So we walked on in. And these guys looked at me. And one guy was, he was like the watchman or something. I don't know. He was sitting where he could watch the door. And uh, as we walked, they, they looked like clean cut guys. I mean, they had their hell's lovers, hell's lovers on their back. Well, we're not hell's lovers, we're heaven's lovers. Amen. And uh, so anyway, I walked in there and I just had the love got all over me, and they kind of looked at me. And they were just kind of scoping me out, and I just walked up there and said, "Hey guys, how you doing today?" They said, "We're doing okay." I said, "Good man, God bless you. Good to see you." And I patted him on the shoulder, and one guy said, "What do you do? What do you say?" <laughs> so he, so he just tapped me on the shoulder, and said, "God bless you. Glad to have you." It was like something just come over. I'm sure that's not. I'm sure that that's not the. What do you call it? Oh, greeting, 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 thank you, Lord Thank you, Lynn Yeah, Lord, Lynn, same thing (laughs) Happy wife, happy life That's all I got to say You got to recognize where the neck, when it turns the head You got to recognize what's moving you in the right direction God bless you all Amen, turn around and say, man, I love you in Jesus I'm so glad you're in the family of God Tell somebody you love them Tell five or six or ten or twenty Amen, and God bless you Be blessed today Amen. Be a blessing today. Would you stand with me? Let's let's just worship the Lord.